Hey everybody, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is Harriet Kamek with Down to Earth. Excuse me, it's a show in which we talk about the issues that matter. Hey, how are you? Ah, how old are your kids? They're grown. <laughs> they're 27 and 17, so they're pretty grown. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, welcome. It's Thursday. April 9th, so Passover happened last night. So to our friends uh, who celebrate Passover, we wish you uh, well. And if you have uh, children, and if you celebrated Passover well, you're 27 years old, well, cool. You should hit up my daughter on Twitter. Her name is Alex Rose M. Uh, tell her, tell her, uh, her mom said to say hello. That's gonna freak her out, <laughs> right? So, uh, so here's what happened, right? So we are all by now accustomed to lockdown, right? That's not a, that's a thing. Uh, so this morning, the governor of Michigan is going to talk some more about lockdown. So we've been begging people in Detroit to stay away from one another, to not congregate in, in parks, and these folks, they don't seem to care. They obviously have not lost a relative or a friend. They obviously have not lost anybody to the coronavirus and think it's a joke that it's a grand scheme designed to make them not, according to them, live their lives. Now, these are not folks getting on a plane to go to, to a polo game in, in Argentina, nor are they getting on a plane to go to the south of France or the south of Italy for instance, they're, they're also not getting on a plane to go to Fashion Week in Paris or Fashion Week in New York, nor are they getting on a plane to the Costa del Sol in Spain. So it fails me to understand what they mean by living their lives. You, you, if living their lives means you drive from Mac to Jefferson, that's not living your life. Nobody even knows where that is outside of Detroit. I barely can figure out where that is myself. So when they say they're living their lives, you, you know, you and I have to sit back and think, what do you mean by living your life? You mean going over to your auntie's house to have a barbecue is living your life? So these folks are putting the rest of us at risk because they don't understand the concept of community. Community means we're all breathing the same air. We're all affected by what happens to all of us. Yesterday, I read a story on Deadline Detroit that shook me to the core. The story described a man, a white guy, who was released from the Wayne County Jail. Want me to post the link so you can all read it? I am, right? I did, I did post it as a matter of fact, right? And this man was released from the Wayne County Jail. Prior to his release, he obviously had the virus. He was pooing all over himself. They said the, the jail is a fetid. Ugh, conditions exist in the jail he was pooing and vomiting all over himself I don't mean to uh, insult you and they asked they never sent a doctor to see him or test his temperature so apparently when the jail realized the folks at the jail I'm gonna post it right when the folks at the jail realized that they couldn't keep him anymore guess what they did they released him they gave him a ticket, a bus ticket. So the man was delirious and apparently confused. He got on the wrong bus. 
Instead of heading south to Taylor, Michigan, he headed north to Southfield, Michigan. He got on a bus. When he realized he was on the wrong bus, he got off the bus and took a cab from Southfield to Taylor. When he got home, his girlfriend was there. He was very sick, no ambulance, no nothing, because all the support services are kind of collapsed. He died. His body stayed in the house for a whole day because the morgue, the public morgue was, wouldn't come and pick him up. And only one funeral home was brave enough to go and pick him up without protective equipment and without the right protocols, they had to remove him from the house so it wouldn't be a problem for the neighborhood. Are you listening to me? It describes the name of the man and so on. So the, the family member spoke up and she spoke up much to the chagrin of everybody as she tried to contact the governor's office and all that kind of stuff. Here's the story. The Center for Disease Control says what? What does the CDC say? The CDC says one person infects 40 persons. That one man infected 40 persons. So all the persons on the bus with him got it because he was in a severely contagious state. Secondly, when he went into the cab, he infected the cab driver. The cab driver infects 40 people. 40 times 40 is how much? 1,600. That one man infected 1,600 people. So multiply 1,600 by 1,600 and you'll see how exponential the rate of infection is from this virus. And yet, folks are out and they are having a good time and they think the rest of us are stuffy and idiotic and are trying to keep them from living their best life. You don't know what living is until you've been on a yacht in the Caribbean and you're deep sea fishing. You don't know what living is until you've flown in a private jet. So I fail to understand what they call living. Do you understand what I'm saying? I fail to understand what they call living and putting the rest of us at risk. So at any moment, the Detroit police issued a warning a couple days ago to say, that they're going to ticket people, they remove rims from basketball courts so people couldn't do all of that, and yet they still did. So at any moment, I'm expecting they're gonna impose a curfew. And you know what, the rest of us, it sucks for the rest of us who are law-abiding citizens and who respect law and authority and abide by law and authority, especially when this is a community spread, and yet we're, I have to be, I have to put up with this. Do you understand what I'm saying? How selfish and small-minded can you be to not see the ramifications of your actions? It's crazy, and then this, it, it, it's just mind-blowing to me. And now this morning, the jobs numbers are 16 million people out of a job. I, I read the numbers and I thought they meant maybe 16,000. Seriously, I cannot quantify 16 million people out of work. So on top of the virus killing people off, in New York, they've run out of storage space, refrigerated space to store bodies. So now they're gonna do like they did in the 1918 flu epidemic, where they just dig a hole and just throw people in. That's what they're gonna end up doing because we have to. And, and the strangest thing is, you, it makes you wonder who are we electing to public office? Because check this out. There are some things that are cyclical. 
right? Because the last time we had an epidemic like this worldwide was when 1918. So come 2018, don't you think we should have been prepared? Don't you think we should have started getting prepared to understand that these things come and they're cyclical? And if we don't do something about changing the ways in which we sanitize and our hygiene standards, right? That these things will come back. Sometimes people think being in public office is just grandstanding and postulating and pontificating and taking pictures. They think that that's what it is and just looking important. They don't understand that it's real work and that you are required, it's a responsibility. That's why we need to be careful whom we elect. It's not about how young or old a person is, it's about their sense of responsibility. It's about their sense of community. And, and this generation, the younger generation who are out running around like nothing has happened, I don't know how you all are going to govern them, govern them, because they are very defiant and are extreme, they're rebellious to accept law and order and accept authority. So at any moment, expect the Detroit police, the mayor and the governor of the state to have sweeping stuff at any moment. I'm like, I'm just, at this point, I'm just ready to just like, okay, because this thing is dangerous. Somebody posted on my Instagram feed this morning what the coronavirus actually looks like. Do you know that people bleed from their eyes? They're not showing us the images. I wish they would so people can get how serious this is. At a certain part of the program, people are in the progression of the disease, right? The, disease process right people bleed from their eyes people vomit blood and bleed from their eyes I don't understand how people can understand that why would you want to expose your family your friends to something like that you think it's fun for the rest of us to stay indoors I mean people want to go golfing we have lifestyles that we want to live too. we want to you know go out and live our lives as well i haven't worn heels in months i'm beginning to wonder if i can walk in high heels again i'm serious i was about to put some on today just to walk around in it i was looking at my clothes this morning and i'm like i see you now why people are dressing up for the gram and so on because it's like you want to remember that you can dress and you really think that we are the rest of us are enjoying staying in no we're not, but we are responsible and we don't want to impact others, right? It's just crazy. And I want to talk about the ways in which uh, the coronavirus has disrupted all our lives. I mean, we all can say that our lives have been impacted, whether it's through job loss or whether it's through uh, friends and family. My Facebook page is replete with RIPs. I, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. Every time I go to Facebook, it's R.I.P. R.I.P. We, we need to understand that this virus is killing and hurting people, young and old alike. My, my daughter is 27, and she, uh, one of her friends whom she graduated college with posted two days ago that her brother died, and her brother was younger than her. My daughter was affected by that because this is you know, someone she knew. And she said, yeah, I remember him when we were in college. He used to come up there and be the DJ at our parties. So she remembers him. And she remembers that he's a young person. And she was like, are you kidding me? 
So I'm like, this is why we're staying home. We're staying home, not because we want to stay home, not because we have nothing better to do. We didn't shut the whole economy down because we have nothing else to do. We did it so that we would not hurt others. And there are still some people who are defiant. The Hasidic Jews are defiant as well. They had a funeral in New York a couple of days ago, two funerals with over 10,000 people, and they weren't wearing protective equipment. There are some people who just refuse. So in a few, that it, it's only a matter of weeks before you will see a spike in those numbers again. And the rest of us are just like, what gives? How can we get people to cooperate? So it kind of makes what I want to talk about this morning seem a little flimsy, but I wanted to inject some humor into the stories surrounding the coronavirus, especially when you read stories like the, the, <laughs> the job numbers. So I want to ask, how is it affecting your life? Because in my life, I can't go to the beauty supply, I can't go get my hair done, I can't get my eyebrows done, I can't get all the beauty treatments and, and so on and regimens that we're accustomed to. It's a good thing I'm not a gym rat, so I'm not reliant on the gym to work out. I've, I've, for years, I have worked out on my own, I worked out at home, right? So I can still maintain my workout regimen, but there are some other healthy practices that I do. I like going to the, 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 the fruit and vegetable market so I can buy my fresh fruits and veggies. I can't do that because I'm scared of community spread, <laughs> right? So I go to places where they actually observe social distancing and stay and follow. And then by the time you get in there, no veggies left. <laughs> Yikes. So how has the coronavirus? Well, for most black women, the coronavirus has impacted our hair care. We don't know what to do with our hair. For other women, right, it has impacted their hair care as well. They can't color their roots. They can't touch up their roots. I actually saw somebody post a picture of herself on Instagram, and she was showing how her roots look. She has brown hair, and the roots are gray, and she was like, I wish the governor would just open this up. My hairstylist just needs to come to my rescue. I was rolling on the floor laughing, <laughs> right? And it has impacted all of us, our beauty regimen. I mean, we can't get or hair, or, or people get their lips waxed, people get their sideburns waxed. We can't get a Brazilian wax for the love of God, right? We can't go get spa treatments for our faces and so on. So this has had a huge impact in sectors of our lives that we took for granted. I mean, I never thought the day would come when I, I can't go and get my eyebrows done and so on. And people saying, I can't get my lashes done. I can't get my hair done. I never thought the day would come when that would happen. But here we are, right? And we have to look at the fact that this could be extended based on the fact that some members of our community are severely non-compliant with, with requirements. Just yesterday, I'm gonna post that link as well. I'm sure you wanna read it. The University of the West Indies, uh, scientists were asked to do an analysis for the college to determine whether or not reopening classroom instruction was feasible. And based on their uh, projection, this is not gonna stop being a problem until 2021. Seriously, that's how they see it. And they use the prior uh, models of SARS and H1N1 and so on 
to come to this understanding that it's not feasible to reopen classroom instruction. So when I saw that, I understood then why Michigan State University uh, wrote to my daughter to tell her, my youngest daughter, that her uh, freshman orientation will take place virtually because the scientists are looking at the raw data. You can't watch the politicians. As long as their lips are moving, they're telling some stories that are not true, right? You have to listen to the scientists who have no agenda but to tell the truth. They're looking at the numbers, they're looking at the facts, and they're looking at prior models of where this has happened before and what happens. And the scientists are saying that this is going to be a problem for a while. It's not gonna go away because we're not, here in America, we're not spraying the air. And the University of the West Indies that is based in Jamaica says that even when they have sprayed the air, it's still a problem. Here in America, we don't spray the air because we are concerned of people's, uh, you know, that people, it's not gonna go well. Some people are gonna say they're allergic to it. Um, frankly, we don't know what they would be spraying. So it could be worse, but I don't know. At this point, I don't know. I'm not an advocate for it, but I'm just saying maybe in, you know, we probably need to do a small sample and see what the long-term effects are, right? Then they're coming up with stuff like the hydrochloroquine is, uh, is a cure. Listen to me very carefully. Have they done studies? You need rigorous studies and observations to determine if that drug is actually worth the risk. Yes, you might feel better from the coronavirus, but you don't know what the long-term ramifications and implications are. Later on, you end up with something else. You see what I'm saying? So I don't know that at this point that this is a necessary uh, thing to do. All I know is that we need to be able to look at the facts and start encouraging members of our community to seize and desist from gathering. We all need to go to the, 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 the hair salon. We all need to go to the esthetician. We all need to go get our faces, uh, do our facials. I suppose many of us now have resorted to doing home-based facials. We have all learned how to clean our homes again because we can't get the cleaning lady to come over. Tomorrow I'm gonna do a show on how the coronavirus has affected uh, domestic workers who are largely undocumented and who have no income and who can't go out to make a living now. The coronavirus, COVID-19, I'd like to call it. I don't want to say corona because then, you know, that kind of is unfair to the corona bear from Mexico. I don't know who came up with the name corona. That's, that, that has an ethnic slant to it. Yeah? Yeah. But we've got to do a better job of taking care of one another. We can't just gather and just gather knowing that the virus is out there. None of us, you're not immune to it. None of us are immune to it. In much the same way that I learned that a pastor in Detroit had what he thought, called was a drive-up service. So he rented out a, a drive-in theater and had a drive-up service. That's still irresponsible because his grounding was that, well, people are in their cars, so they're not coming out. I'm like, no, they're not. You're encouraging people together. It is irresponsible and he doesn't, it's not, he's not Jesus. He's not the Messiah. 
So he can't save anybody, neither can he heal anybody. He's just doing that because he wants to make money. And it's an ego trip for these folks, right? We all need to be community-minded and do for the common good of all, not just for ourselves. I'm not going out because I don't want to get sick, but I also don't want my children to be affected. I don't want my children to lose their mom and to lose their comfort and their protection and everything else. So I'm thinking of them by staying in. Heck yeah, I want to go take it from the 94. What does my daughter say? 94 West from the East Side. <laughs> right? People who live in Detroit get that joke, right? I want to go on the Lodge Witted. I want to go on 696. I want to take I-75. I want to just put the pedal to the metal and feel that engine, that turbo engine, when you put the pedal to the metal and you feel that engine go, mm. you know what I mean? Living. When people talk about living, they don't know what real living is. Now, don't let me get started, right? People think living is going down to Belle Isle and having a barbecue, that's what they call living. How limited is your scope? If you call that living, living is being able to breathe. Living is not being on a ventilator. Living is not having a fever that is piking your body until your eyes bleed. Living is pure and simple being able to breathe. And that has got to be our focus. Right now, for some students who no longer can receive classroom instruction, the Detroit Community School District is looking at equipping some children with laptops. Unfortunately, it, th this is a question not just of budget, but it's also a question of affordability because in some school districts in the country, school children are equipped with laptops with built-in internet systems for them to take home. But in Detroit, that's not the case. And I don't know, frankly, if that is a wrong idea or not because there are some children who might take it home and, you know, their stepdaddies or their mom's boyfriend or whoever might take the darn laptop and go sell it. Come on now, we know it's true. So hopefully that the children actually do get it so they can finish the grade for the school year and get promoted to the next grade. And they don't take it to go launch a business on the internet or some foolishness like that. We've got to start thinking community-minded instead of so self-serving and self-centered about our own desires and our own needs. We have to start looking at ways in which my actions impact others around me, thereby impacting the community. I want to go outside for a walk, but I'm like, the air is probably infected, so I'm not going to take the risk. You see what I mean? So I have to walk around in my house and watch Netflix. By the way, I watched a movie last night called The Players Club. You all know what that is from 1998. I've never seen that movie before. I was rolling on the floor laughing. I finally got it. I said, this is what everybody is talking about. Staying home and watching, <laughs> watching a movie, right? I have other things to do. I'm a writer, so I use this time to write, right? That's what I do. I'm an author, so I write books, right? And I also speak, I'm clearly speaking to you right now through this medium. But do you see what I mean? Use the time to de, de you know, de, you're disconnected from stuff, but use the time to find other projects that you can do. Maybe you need to go in your garage and start something, pull the cars out of the garage and start working on a project that you've always wanted to do. 
Maybe you need to clean out your basement, reorganize stuff in your man cave, redecorate. I probably have some DIY projects at home that I want to do, but a lot of them would involve visiting Home Depot and I don't want to do that community, that community involved. You see what I mean? I miss that. It's springtime. I can't call the, the, the insect control people to come and, and do the annual stuff. I can't get my lawn guy to come and do the lawn. I want to plant my flowers and put out my porch plants. I can't do any of that. I have to wait. I can't go to Home Depot and go get some new plants because I don't want community spread. So I'm thinking, should I go early in the morning when they have just deep sanitized overnight or don't go at all? I don't even know what is a good time to go. Do you see what I'm saying? So now help me to understand at what point is this a good idea for us to gather in our community? Not when coronavirus has disrupted the normal ways in which we do business. Uh, somebody posted something on Facebook where a beauty supply on East Outer Drive in Detroit was open and people were going in. And I was like, darn, just give it, there were like about 20 people in line. So if each person infects 40, my God, just do the numbers. One person infects 40 and there are 20 people. You see how many people right there are going to end up being infected? That is the scope of what we're talking about. So while it is disruptive to all our lives, just look at it this way. We're not going out. We don't have to look cute. We can perhaps find uh, pictures in our camera roll from bygone times that still make it, that we still look cute in, that we can repost to the gram, <laughs> right? If we're still not looking as groomed as you want to be. And while you're at it, think about not just yourself. There are undocumented workers who have only a taxpayer identification number. We're not going to get a stimulus check next week. Their lives are at risk. Think about the farm workers who are unable to get a stimulus check because their two are undocumented. Think about the truck drivers who are driving with sleepy eyes, trying to, to make the next load, not because they're looking for money, but because they know that we need what they're carrying. Think about the people in the meatpacking plants and think about the people who are working overtime to make toilet paper because we all went and panic shopped. Think about those people. Think about nurses and doctors who are so tired that they have to think of ways just to motivate themselves so they don't think about the death and despair that they're seeing around them. Think about a hospital in Metro Detroit, in Detroit itself, called Sinai Grace Hospital, that the locals call Dinai Grace because when you go in there, you don't come back out alive. Think about the frontline workers there. Think about how people feel just laying in hospital hallways is something that nobody is proud of, but it's something that is happening. You don't know because you don't go to the hospital to visit your family. You're not allowed to go visit your family and friends if they're sick with a virus. So that you can't see it for yourself. You have to take the word of survivors that this and the workers who work there, that this is what is happening. Think about that. It's not just about me. It's about community. It's about you and I. Now this virus has proven to all of us 
how our lives are interdependent on one another. Maybe we never thought about that before because we're so used to living our lives like it's golden and living just for ourselves. We spend so much time buying stuff on the internet that we have sent businesses into bankruptcy. We have closed malls because we got too lazy. It was right there in my fingers. I could click, 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 click. And in all the clicking, we clicked major retailers out of business. I suspect before this is over, Macy's is gonna close. I suspect Macy's is about to declare bankruptcy. Mark my words, if this continues until June, <laughs> Macy's will declare bankruptcy. Imagine that. How will it feel? How does it feel? First of all, one of my favorite malls in the area is 12 Oaks Mall, right? And going to 12 Oaks Mall for me was, you. I'm, I'm female, just imagine what a mall must be like for me, right? And when Sears closed, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, do you know what it's like? You drive past a mall and you don't see a Sears sign. Imagine if Macy's were to close. That is possible. Think about it. Saks, Fifth Avenue, Neyman Marcus, those retailers are going to be on the chopping block because people are not going into their stores to buy merchandise. And even if we're choosing to buy online right now, it's taking a while for it to be shipped because it has to go through processes. And do you really want all those packages showing up at your door knowing that some of the package, some of the stuff, uh, it lingers on surfaces, right? So we have to think community-minded. I guarantee you after this, I wish stores like Charlotte Rose would come back. I wish stores like Baker's would come back. I wish stores like Barney's would come back. Though they were a little racist, they were racist, right? But when we go to the mall, when the malls reopen, I guarantee you it's going to be a coming of age for all of us. It's going to feel so good to get out, go to the mall, and then to go eat out afterwards. And if you're at home right now, order some takeout. Give your kitchen a break. I, I myself, I'm tired of cooking. And today's Thursday, so it's probably gonna be takeout today because I'm done with this cooking stuff, <laughs> right? Just cook something so that it keeps those businesses going. Some of our neighborhood restaurants, so they're always there and we like going in because we like the people and we like the food. The food is reliable. Some of those spaces are going to close. I don't want some of them to close because I really enjoy the food. Some of the stuff that we don't do. The gas stations are still open, thank God. But smaller restaurants, those are the coffee and bake shops that we stop at in the mornings to get our coffee and get our, our, our sweet thing. And I know for other people looking on, from other countries, it might seem like we're selfish. No, it is our way of life. Just like you have your way of life too. There are people in other countries, because listen, what about the countries that are dependent on Americans and Britons and Europeans visiting them? Have you thought about those countries? They're gonna be bankrupt. People in Guam, right? The Fiji Islands, right? They're gonna be bankrupt. They're not gonna have money because they don't have tourist dollars. This is as wide ranging as possible. Bloomberg News yesterday said that finally they can say the whole world 
is in a recession. And I'm like, it's taking you this long to confirm something that we have already felt. If we're not consuming products and buying products, then people who make those products are not getting paid. If we don't get on a plane and go to Mexico or go to the Caribbean or go to South America or go to Europe, our money is not going around that helps to keep those economies together. This has as many far-reaching implications as possible, right? And we need to, uh, we need to, um, we need, we, we perhaps, perhaps overlook this because we think that this might not be true because right now all we are focused on right now is Harriet, I lost my job and now I can't pay my rent, I can't pay my mortgage, I can't feed my children. I have child support payments that are due that I can't, I'm not working so I can't pay for it. I don't want to be driving and they pull me over and they issue a bench warrant. People have real time issues. There are people who have to get a refund on vacations that they have planned for the rest of the summer. I can tell you right now, it's done. Don't even think about it. Don't think about leaving the country for the next six months. I am warning you. I can honestly say, do not leave the country. It's free. We are free to move about the country. Luckily, we live in America, so it's a big country. We can go from here, north, south, east, west, and you can go and take in different scenery. But I'm saying, do not leave your country. Stay within your border for the next six months. You're used to the germs in your border. Don't go inviting germs from somewhere else because it's not just, it's not over. It's an unseen thing that we can't see that is just going around and around the planet until either it rotates out of here or God drives it up. But its impact is not gonna be forgotten. It's a long term, and people who are planners are looking at this. That's why all these churches are trying to capture money because it's been what, two Sundays or three Sundays? If they go another Sunday or two without collecting money, a lot of them might not survive. Right? So when we look at this far-reaching impact, when you go to bed tonight, I want you to say a prayer. Not just for yourself, not just for your friend who called you and is down in the dumps. I want you to say a prayer for the rest of us. I ask for mercy. Just say, Lord, have mercy on us. Can we just say that? Lord, just have mercy on us. And shut the news down. Just turn it off. You don't need to see it. It's enough. Trust me. It's enough. Know that what every person is experiencing is real. Know that 16 million Americans are without jobs. And that doesn't include the people who in some of the states that haven't filed yet. That it's going to be creeping. By the time this is all done, it's going to be like 20 million people out of work. That's just the people who were successful at filing. It's a staggering number. Do you know what wealthy people are thinking of right now? How can they contain themselves so that if there are riots, they don't suffer? That's how they're thinking. Because they're thinking people are going to be angry when this is over. If they really thought about it, they would send out stimulus checks every month to keep people optimistic. They wouldn't fight about it. They would just say, you know what, to keep the people and keep the playing field level and to keep people feeling good. Let's send out a stimulus check uh, in May 
one in June and one in July. Give people hope. But now they're not going to think that. And in the meantime, the people are sitting there. 20, almost 16 million people are sitting there. It's going to be 20 million by the time this is done. Out of work. Don't think all you need to say tonight is, Lord, have mercy. Say, Lord, have mercy. When you see folks on Facebook acting crazy, going nuts, say, Lord, have mercy. Let not their foolhardiness come to me. Amen. Right? And think about the organizations that are helping others. And post funny videos. I'm, I'm watching them all on Twitter and stuff. And I'm dying laughing to see how people are trying to make the best out of this situation. We know it's going to be bad. And if it is this bad here, what is it like in the rest of the world? If it's this bad in the richest country on earth, what must life be like in the rest of the world? We're in an election year. Bernie Sanders gave up yesterday. But Bernie Sanders did say some things that we have proven can work. He was proven right. He said, yes, we can achieve universal health care for all. We didn't have a choice. We had to do it. He said, student loan debt can be forgiven. We didn't have a choice. We did it. He said, we got to feed everybody. We did it. All the things that they said was a socialist, were socialist policies. It's done. It's not socialism. It's taking care of your people. We have to recognize that we have grown as a nation. We're not the America of 100 years ago or 50 years ago when we were just starting. We're growing as a nation. We must recognize that we have to take care of our people because our capitalistic society, not everybody is going to be rich under that structure. It's not socialism. It's not politics. It's human compassion. And to the people on the other side of the aisle who like to say that this is socialism, wait until it hits your door and you find yourself in a place where you can't feed your family, you can't feed yourself, and you're watching people you know and love can't do the same, then you won't think it's socialism. Then you will be galvanized into action to recognize that this is something we must do. It's called being compassionate. It's called being human. And my friends, it's time for us to be. So I want us all to think about this. I want us all to stop for just one second and be conscious of you. What is it that you need that you must do? If this is too much for you, tune it out. Don't watch the news. Keep you mentally able. When you get your stimulus check, have a plan for it. Make it do something that is worthwhile for you. Think long-term strategically. Don't think short-term. Think what can this do to keep me from for eating because I must have money to buy food and think about what will it do to provide shelter and transportation. Identify your needs. Shelter, transportation, and food. And in today's world, communication. So that's your cell phone bill. You see what I mean? Think about those things and think about that. And once you have that, all we have left to do is to pray. We're going to have to pray. So my friends, as we close today, I want us all to meditate on the fact that it is Passover. Pray that this passes over. 
we're heading into Good Friday tomorrow. It's Good Friday, the day we celebrate as Christians that Jesus was crucified. As we go through this, pray that this passes over. I know our community members are foolish. Pray that this passes over. Pray too that all of this, maybe we'll wake up and realize that it was all a bad dream and that collectively we had this dream and it wasn't true. I think that's where we are. I would like to think that's true, but I don't believe it is. We're living in it. But we are a strong people and we're gonna come out of this. We're all in this together. And we're gonna come out of this with answers and solutions that is going to improve all our lives. We're gonna come out of this stronger. We're gonna come out of this with more compassion than we have ever had before. We're gonna think about people whom we refer to as undocumented and realize that they're people and we're gonna help them. We gotta realize that. The people who came to America from Europe were not rich, they were poor. The people who are coming from other countries to come here are not rich either. And we gotta recognize it, right? And while we're doing that, just pray for peace, right? Thank you so much for joining me today. I know it was a lot to think about. Tomorrow is Good Friday, you wanna join me? We're just gonna talk a little bit, right? and pray and talk a little bit. So if you feel like that is something that you wanna do, we're just gonna pray. I'm not proselytizing or converting you or so. I just want you to feel that in all of this, I need to think of a force that is outside of myself because in myself, I can't solve this. Because if I get sick, that's the end of me. But there's gotta be a force that I can pray to that is going to help me navigate through this life and the perils that exist. I wanna experience the joys as well, but when there is no joy in this community around me and there are only perilous times, I wanna know that there is a force I can run to for safety. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of Down to Earth. It's Thursday, it's Holy Thursday in most parts of the world. Just imagine we've never seen an Easter tradition like this, it's new. It's pretty new. So let's celebrate where we are today and what we have, that God so far has been good to us. If you have shelter and you have internet connection and you have food in your fridge right now, say, thank God. You're way ahead of the game. There are a lot of people who are looking at the law of diminishing returns right now. So say, thank God that he has made a way for you. Thank you so much, everybody. Love you. See you tomorrow. Bye. Hey, be blessed, everybody. Thank you.